Hey everyone, welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast mini-sode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something kind of Toonami-adjacent, something that may have aired on Toonami in an alternate timeline. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. In this alternate timeline, Toonami does not give a shit about nudity. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, This movie has a lot of nudity. Uh, So what we're talking about this week is Space Adventure Cobra. It's a 1982 movie directed by Osamu Dezaki and based on the 1978 manga Cobra written by Buichi Terasawa. Uh, the movie is based on the first major arc of the manga, uh, pretty loosely, it seems. And it does leave out the very, like, opening of the plot, the inciting incident, which is pretty much total recall. Uh, this average guy goes to have more or less a memory vacation, and then the memory vacation ends up being, like, actual suppressed memories that he has of being a space outlaw named Cobra. So... Basically, the movie is about this guy uh, who meets up with a bounty hunter named Jane Flower, and then they go on this adventure after finding out that she is the princess of this, like, fabled, mysterious, lost planet called Miris, and, uh, you know, she, she wants to reclaim her old planet, uh, and yeah. there's this evil space mafia guild who are trying to secure the planet for their own interests and there's uh some other stuff in there that we'll we'll talk about but that that's the gist of it the first thing you need to know if you haven't seen anything about this movie is that the visuals are trippy as hell like this whole thing looks like like 70s crazy sci-fi like the kind of things you might see in a prog rock album cover occasionally like something about or like boston or something like that but it, it everything in it looks just like so wild and like perfectly i guess 80s you'd say yeah and, kind uh, of more 70s i'd say really, really. like yeah it, it's it's very much like old pulp sci-fi like uh novel yeah. covers like really like kind of barbarella style barbarella is one of the yeah. influences i believe or at least it looks very similar to barbarella kind of science fiction yeah, stuff yeah. um and yeah the, the visuals are really interesting Frankly, I think that the style of it, like the the visual flair, looks nice, but it does feel slightly generic just in that pop sci-fi way. I think the thing that this movie is really, like, its real strength is that it does a lot of creative stuff with, like, montage and Mm -hmm. just kind of... I mean, again, like like many of the things that we talk about, I feel like they're using the medium of animation in a really cool way. And that it's like, yeah, we can have this sequence where like Jane Flower kisses Cobra and then the whole background fades into this star field. And like you you have this kind of almost James Bond-esque opening sequence to start yeah. the movie off with all of these weird visuals like it. Like, super colorful, crazy kind of pop art visuals. Yeah, right. And it, it looks like something, I mean, you commented several times while we were watching it that it would make absolutely great fodder for an anime music video or really just like a vaporwave music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. it's worth noting that it was actually, like, footage from this was actually used in a music video. Uh, Matthew Sweet's 1991 music video for Girlfriend apparently use some footage for this so we are not the first person 
the first people <laughs> to have had that idea. But it is strange because I have watched a lot of like stupid uh, lo-fi vaporwave AMVs on YouTube. And I am surprised that yeah. I've never seen anything from this movie before because, yeah, it, it's, it's so it's got so much wild shit going on. And it's so colorful and cool. And like the animation is good. Like, yeah, it's very like it's a... clean looking <laughs> 70s style. It's like if you yeah. took Mobile Suit Gundam like art style and then cleaned it up and made it look very, very, like, crisp, I would say, is kind of the visual style of this movie. Which is really cool because I feel like a lot of that 70s style stuff kind of gets, I don't know, pushed aside for a more 90s style or, like, 80s style of character yeah. design and stuff. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's cool to see something with that 70s style character design that is so... Uh, visually stimulating and like it's not just riddled with stupid embarrassing animation errors etc yeah right it's it's really crisp and like the um and they really just kind of go there with the new character designs and the mechanical designs and planet designs that happen in the show like it you don't feel like they kind of drop off or start being lazy you know like a third of the way into the movie you get introduced into the villain crystal bowie or crystal boy as they either pronounce it yeah, or mispronounce yeah, it Yeah, it's a little it's a little <laughs> weird because uh supposedly the streamlined pictures dub which is what we've watched and i'll say for streamlined pictures this is a really good dub actually like yeah yeah it, the, the characters all sound appropriate the voice acting's pretty good there's a lot of like i guess audio like what's the word it, they do a lot of like it's environmental of audio stuff that I feel like is sometimes lacking in dubs, like having echoes yeah, well, in big rooms or like Cobra always has a cigar and he the voice actor clearly has something in his mouth because he's always kind of this like, uh, what's the like grumbly kind of voice? I don't know. Yeah, it, it sounds like he has something in his mouth all the time because the character does. And it's like that sort of attention to detail is stuff that especially Streamline often drops the ball at. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. i don't know i was i was impressed by this i did not think it was Same a streamlined here. dub honestly like it was that good yeah the uh, and crystal bowie i bring up like because his design is so wild he just introduced and he is <laughs> yeah. this nude reclining like ripped c-3po dr manhattan kind of guy like he's basically looks like if dr doom dr manhattan and c-3po all all had like they all fuse together. <laughs> I guess. I like, mean, he's like a he's like a naked, ripped man who has like transparent skin and a gold skeleton. So yeah, yeah, it, it can like grab his skeleton and take bones out and turn it into like huge blades. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just like so cool. It's so weird. Yeah, Crystal Bowie, and and I bring up the streamlined pictures thing because Crystal Bowie in the streamlined dub is supposedly named crystal boy and they pronounce <laughs> it crystal boy all the time. Everybody yeah, does. It's really weird. But the <laughs> subtitles on Amazon say crystal Bowie. There's also like so many, so much crazy shit happens in this movie that, that I love and I, I'll just touch on, but like in the beginning, this like crazy dude with a, with like a shepherd's shepherd's hook, a cane, you know, that turns into like a lightsaber attacks Jane, the uh, the bounty hunter. She blows his head off, and then like ten minutes later in the movie, his head flies back in through her apartment window, attacking both her and Cobra. Yeah, and they just have this weird fight with this floating head that's trying to bite at them. 
it's fucking awesome. I feel like that's one of the strangest things in this movie because it doesn't even really come back around again. It's like it's just this weird incident where it's like, yeah, floating head attacked us. And I guess, you know, it's it's probably like a minion of the space mafia guild, but uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a little funny thinking that weird. it doesn't really come back. I, I will say the plot of this movie, I would say, is not its strong suit. Like, really, this is a movie where the visuals and specifically just the visual flair of like how it's directed and yeah. having all these like weird trippy sequences is the appeal of it. The plot is kind of strange and like takes too long and is explained too directly and over and over again like Mm -hmm. yeah and and it has this movie goes on goes on a little too long for sure and it, it has this whole thing where like jane is the princess of this planet that you know doesn't have its own sun and just travels through space because basically it's a giant spaceship more than it is a planet and she has th- two identical sisters they're triplets and <laughs> yeah the like the rules of how they come back to this planet are they all either have to love the same man and then they will fuse into one person or they it's just the last one alive basically yeah and the, right they die and they they they're like memories sort of go into the other person or like their love yeah for... right right so it it comes off eventually as like kind of almost it seems like someone's like <laughs> some dude's like fanfic where he's putting inserting himself and he's like all oh, these girls love me dude yeah like, right right it just it just seems like some self-fulfillment shit where the, the you know cobra's so badass that he has sex with this woman and then like she dies, but then he meets her twin sister, and she's like, hey, we have to have sex. Yeah, because I <laughs> have like, my okay. sister's love for you inside yeah, me. And and the whole conflict... Plot excuses. Right, and the whole <laughs> conflict of basically the back half of the movie is that uh, the third sister is in love with Crystal Bowie, so they can't fuse, and they actually have to, like, you know, fight or have the last one yeah. surviving. And then the other two sisters die. So it's like, oh, we got to stop Miris now because only the evil one is still around. Um, yeah. And the thing is, like, to be honest, I don't mind, like, alien sexuality and my sci-fi stuff. I, I think it's something that's weirdly lacking from the genre. But it does definitely have a tendency to, like... Like, it's very easy for alien sexuality to just be kind of fetishistic wish fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is too close to the fetishistic wish fulfillment for me personally. Like, it it, (laughs) it gets a little silly. Uh, But, you know, then, like, Cobra and this woman ride off on a horse made of lasers. And it's like, yeah, well, you know what? (laughs) I guess I guess it's okay. Like, (laughs) yeah they're all cool like and you know this would make such a this is just such a great movie to have on the background at like a party or a, a cool bar or something yeah yeah just for, for like, sure you know what i'm gonna listen to this random music and watch this shit happen and it's like yeah this is great this is a a, a, a just a what what a <laughs> what a cool fucking movie I don't yeah know, it's well and it's also interesting because like i was thinking about this and cobra comes off surprisingly well despite being like mm-hmm. pretty much what you'd expect he's a sort of lecherous a, like space he, he kind of a playboy um but yeah. he's surprisingly funny and like he moves as though he 
exists in a cartoon world while almost mm-hmm. nobody else does. <laughs> he, he's a lot like, in that sense, he's a lot like Lupin from uh, Castle of Cagliostro Story, really any Lupin yeah, right, right. Uh, animation thing. Like he is he, uh, constantly being shot at and like bumbling around, barely dodging a million lasers that would definitely be hitting him if he wasn't a cartoon yeah, character. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like you have to expect him to swim back up a waterfall, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. it's that sort he's got of this, thing. like goofy gait. It, it, it's it, and he's and he's pretty charming you know it, it's uh <laughs> just like stupidly always has a cigar even when he's like underwater and not to mention his uh his infamous psycho gun <laughs> because he has a gun for an arm which i didn't realize but he could like hide he like uses i don't know sci-fi magic to change his arm back into a human arm yeah, right. and then he can like change it to a gun at will which is pretty awesome Right. Of course, Crystal Bowie is immune to the psycho gun because <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. basically invincible. Um, like, to be honest, I'm not sure what else there is to talk about with this movie. Like, not it much. is just yeah. a visual feast. And unfortunately, the the plot and the, the other stuff surrounding that's kind of light. But I don't know. Like, I, I think the visuals hold up well enough that that doesn't really matter so much like it, it and is I, and i think this the story and dialogue are charming enough too to like they get you by without you know the story can get a little convoluted or draggy especially in the third act but um it, it's still it's still i think enough to just for a good time watch right uh, and, and it's worth mentioning <laughs> also that like the the concept that the three sisters uh, all have to be in agreement in order to get this planet operating again how it's supposed to is explained repeatedly within the space <laughs> right. of like five minutes too it's not like it's explained in the beginning and then you're reminded and then it happens at the end it's like you know like a movie would do it's like you you find out this information and then the character explaining this to cobra just keeps explaining something that becomes very <laughs> very clear to the audience for like another two and a half minutes and right you're just kind of like i get it movie like we don't this is a <laughs> stupid concept i don't need it explained to me this much like <laughs> i feel like outlaw start is the same thing too <laughs> i don't know if it does i don't know if i agree with that <laughs> like outlaw star tends to explain itself somewhat but i don't know like it's not like they went into a I, I guess I don't think in Outlaw Star the characters exp- over explain things. It's more the yes, narration. The narration at the and, beginning, and the world over explains things. When they always they're always like, "He's he's not he's not a space pirate. He's an outlaw." And it's like, oh, "Yeah, we get it. You've said it a thousand times." There are three factions. <laughs> Speaking of which, we should probably get back to Outlaw Star. And so, something yeah. that I want to consider actually now that we're here is like, why is Gene? so annoying as a character when cobra and like similar characters are not because i feel like there isn't that much of a difference between them with the exception of like voice acting right gene just seems a bit more of an asshole too yeah you see i (laughs) just to everyone around i have a theory about this which is that I think that a big problem with the Outlaw Star and how it frames Gene is because of Jim's existence. And I think <laughs> that if you took like Chewbacca 
and dubbed Chewbacca's growls with just Jim's nagging dialogue, Han Solo would seem like the biggest asshole ever. Yeah. And conversely, I think if you dubbed Jim with just chewy growls, Gene would seem a lot more charming. <laughs> Like <laughs> that's true. I I genuinely think this, and I'm I I uh I don't know. I think it's something that we should consider while we're watching Outlaw yeah. Star again. Like, uh, what if that's Jim, a, that's a good idea? What if Jim was basically just a big dog? <laughs> yeah, every time he opens his mouth, just <laughs> instead. How much more charming it, it would, would be Jim a, be or a Gene be? It really? Uh, if, yeah. If he didn't have someone constantly pointing out his flaws to the audience. It would, I think it would really improve the show. Yeah, maybe. Well, fortunately, I would say I do recommend watching Space Adventure Cobra. I I really enjoyed it, and um, you can find it on YouTube for free, and you can find it on Amazon Prime for free if you well, you know, if you have Prime, free with course. an asterisk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I would generally agree. I think that it is the kind of movie that uh, you can kind of check out while watching it, though. Like. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. It is not going to uh, demand your full attention in terms of understanding what's going on. It really is the kind of thing that it's like, oh, I mean, you said it pretty well, like putting it on at a party, like at a bar would be great because the, the it, story is great. The visuals are so cool. And right. Yeah. The story is secondary. And, and also it's simple enough that you don't really need to have the full dialogue and everything to kind of understand yeah. what's going on. Like it's, yeah. it's one of those movies. So I don't know. It's not like story-wise, it's not a masterpiece, but I think the visuals more than make up for it. Anyway, uh, we are going to be getting back to Outlaw Star next week, but until then I'm Michael Doak and I'm Peter Eby. And, uh, yeah, be sure to revisit us for Outlaw Star and tell us what you think about Chewy V Jim. Because I'm curious if anyone else thinks this is accurate or if I'm just crazy. <laughs>